0: Kaiju FM, come find your niche. Hello and welcome to Buy The Mash Tun, a podcast by a couple of nerds, where we brew some beer, drink some beer, have a nice little chat about some beer i'm mike harrison wood i'm cal Noble. how you doing there cal
1: i'm all right it's nice to see you back hey i missed an
0: episode now now i don't have to do the uh the opening that's
1: true that's true no you did well i I mean i I, I think i'd said it a bit wrong did you i think i might have yeah i don't know i'll have to listen back and I'm, i'm fairly certain when we were recording the episode i was like I think I might have whiffed it. But <laughs> I kind it's of fine. made it my own. So, yes. you
0: know. you got you got to do your own thing, man. Well, exactly. Exactly. Talk about doing your own thing. What thing are we doing today? <laughs> today, uh, I'm doing, well, it's not my own thing. But it's, it's not your it's, own it's, thang. It is a thing. Yep. Uh, I am taking a little look through the history glass. Oh. To uh, a style that is uh, close, dear to our hearts, yep. uh, close geographically. It's a London Porter.
1: Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, this is obviously, is it remarkably different from your standard porter?
0: Uh, well, there's a lot more history behind it. Right, okay. For, in in the same way that basically all of the history of porters is London porters yep. originally, and yeah, then yeah. moved on and did its own thing. But there, there's also certain uniquenesses with the water profile and, and yeast and, and that type of thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do use the word porter for anything and then just to mean sort of dark beer that isn't a stout but you know
1: yeah so like not quite as full on roasty a little bit lighter on the abv um and probably a little bit lighter colour wise
0: yeah more that like a super dark stand. brown rather than a black yes yeah uh, more yeah more of a sort of biscuity malt that's also the, dark yeah, rather than, than a super a, roast yeah heavy coffee Exactly. So that, that, that's what people today understand Porter to be, but yep. obviously it's had 300 years of changes. and.
1: Yeah. I mean, are you going to give us a rundown
0: of the full 300? Oh, go on then. Go so, on. right. Uh, London Porter started, predictably, in London. Amazing. Uh, yes, to Never feed the hundreds and hundreds and presumably thousands of Porters that were working on the London docks. Yep. Uh, they wanted something just quite tasty, filling... Uh, refreshing yep. easy to go and drink lots and then get back to work well there you go which if you're lifting loads of stuff being a little bit tipsy is not the end of the world but... <laughs> uh, i mean, i imagine probably a lot of people got hurt but maybe yeah. not because of the beer oh but you know then back then everyone was drunk 24 7 well so that is very true it's it's fine it's just what happened yeah <laughs> there's nothing else to do
1: nah i mean there's no, i mean apart from the, their job as porters i guess
0: well there is that but, but uh, yeah, so they would have uh, originally started using uh, what was called brown malt at the time, and still is. You can still get variations on brown malt, although you okay. don't see it very often uh, as one hundred percent of the grist. Yeah, um, which back then would have been smoked as well, because there weren't really many other ways of getting that heat without the smoke. Yeah, um, so
1: like, I never never really think about it like that. Really, like if you're if you're kind of roasting or kind of trying like malting your grain. Yeah. Like you've got to put it above heat. And if you haven't got anything that's smokeless, you know, you might be using wood, you might be using coal,
0: all which create a lot of smoke. Exactly.
1: So you're going to end up smoking your grains anyway.
0: So I think you you I think they used wood yeah for most uh before uh coke came along which yes, is, yeah, is yeah. a bit more smokeless yeah i think yeah. um there are reports of breweries around the country using straw as well which has less of a sort of aggressive bite of to its smokiness yeah, I, mean, I think
1: like, like like very smoky but yeah not I, I can't imagine it would be add much to the because yeah, yeah the grassy smoke uh
0: but uh, apparently that just wasn't a thing in london they uh presumably the lack of Straw. Of straw. Yeah. uh, Like right in the center there. Yeah. Uh, So they would have used uh, wood, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then Coke came along and things were less smoky, but they still used loads of brown malt uh, up until hydrometers came along. And uh, people started to realize that for the same amount of grain, you got a lot more sugar out of pale malts than you did with brown malts. Right. So part of the roasting process for the brown malt keeps the enzymes in place so it's not yeah. like a black malt uh where it's it's heated to such an extent that the enzymatic potential of it is just eliminated yeah, yeah it just breaks down completely. Uh, and and most of the starch is destroyed as well yeah with brown malt you've still got the enzymatic potential and you've still got some starch yeah but not as much as a pale malt
1: okay so uh, so, so it was that like having a scientific tool there being able to actually measure the gravity you go ah oh, it's just not as efficient.
0: Yeah. This this is wasted. This is throwing money down the drain yes, yes, using yes. this malt. So they changed to what you might now know as more of like a modern way of uh, building a recipe where you've yeah. got a pale malt as the base malt and yeah. then you add uh, much darker malts as speciality malts just to just to get it to the color and flavor that you yeah. want
1: but it's just more efficient isn't it it's yep. just like like cost efficient time efficient everything
0: yeah so you can still use brown malt uh people still do make it it's yep. very good at giving a sort of uh coffee cocoa sort of uh it's it's sort of a roasty bite but not anywhere near as aggressive as the black malt And also doesn't give anywhere near as much color to the beer. Yeah. Uh, Apparently it can be used to give a beer a sort of coffee roast, but still keep it sort of amber to mid in color if you use it just right. Right. Okay. Bit of a weird one there. It's also still got a sort of nutty uh, malt bite character to it as well. So it's it's sort of in that two thirds of the way (laughs) to, to super dark.
1: It's it's it sounds interesting. Like, you know, it would be absolutely perfect if it was as efficient as pale malt. Yeah, because it, you, because you could you like you'd be like, okay, well, I'll keep pale malt for making pale
0: beers, and then I'll just use this brown malt because it ticks all the boxes for a lot of my darker yeah. beers. Yeah, and then if I want to go even darker, I can add black to it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but unfortunately, hey ho, that's the that's the way it is. You can yes, yeah, still use it quite a quite a large percent if you if you want. I think. Yeah. Um, but. I've used it very subdued, I think. I've only got uh, up to about 3% in mine. Right. not much at all. Okay. Um,
1: And was that because you didn't want to add um, some of the darker grains in? uh, I've got...
0: So I have got some uh, some darker malts there as well. I've I've got a little bit of caramel uh, to sort of boost that uh that sweetness yeah because i yeah, I, yeah. I do want i do want some sweetness there i don't want it all to be aggressive roasty dry no, no. um i've got some roasted barley as well so not black malt but yes. roasted barley
1: yeah but i mean like, like roasted, roasted ro- yeah like roasted barley works like really nicely in porters and just adds just the
0: right sort of flavor that you're looking for just the right level of roast just a little kick yeah so i'm looking for it to be sweet and roasty and big and roundy and Big and roundy, and the combination of the caramel and the brown hopefully will give it some malt bite as well. Yeah, yeah. I know you can achieve sort of similar things with amber malt as well and and, and biscuit malt, but I'm going. I I wanted to have an element of tradition in there. Yeah, you want a
1: little little nod to the tradition. Yeah.
0: Uh, Speaking of which, traditional English hops I'm using for flavouring is EKG East Kent Goldings. yep, Yep. You know, they they're close to London
1: as well. Well, exactly. Like, ch- like chances are, they would have been used yeah. back then.
0: They would use Kent hops. Yes, sure, exactly. Surely uh, for bittering, though, I am using a somewhat modern hop. I think Admiral. I don't know when that first came yeah,
1: out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure when Admiral first came about, but yeah, it it's definitely hasn't got the the history behind it that like no, East Kent Goldings no. and Fuggles has got.
0: But what it has got is lots more alpha.
1: Yeah, and like at a at a homebrew level, when you know when you're looking at cost and stuff like that, you are wanting if you can get something high alpha, if it's just for bittering, yeah. I would I would normally always go for a high alpha because you're not wanting the flavours. So No,
0: no. And it is a 60 minute boil, so there's not going to be any flavor apart no, from that bittering. No, no.
1: So you may you may as well go for a small amount of but a higher alpha
0: yeah. than a larger amount with lower alpha. And and so yeah, that that's what I've gone with Admiral. I think yep. that'll that'll work really well. Uh the other part that makes it interesting, nuanced, and specifically London, is the yeast. Right, yeah, okay. Used. Uh I know that there are two uh yeasts that are famously from London. Uh right. you've got the Worthingtons uh strain.
1: Yeah. Not not to is, be uh kind of confused with Werther's originals. No. You can't use
0: them as yeast. No, the yeast from them is just it's no good.
1: So, I mean do they even have yeast? Presumably. You could do, it and you could, do you reckon you can ferment with Marmite? Because that's a yeast extract, isn't it? That's an extract from yeast, though. So it's not yeah. necessarily got
0: yeast in itself. Yeah, probably not alive. No, probably not. Oh, well. Can't brew with Marmite. No. Uh, but the one that I'm using is not, is also a London one. It's not Worthington's. Yeah. It's Fuller's. Okay. Uh, Fuller's do quite a famous beer just called London Porter. Right. Uh, they, You know, it's also famous for the ESBs and London Pride and that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, so yeah. I am expecting something a lot more on those lines. It is quite heavy on the esters. Okay. Especially the way that those esters interact with the darker malts is quite interesting, I yeah. think. Uh, so are you, go, this, are you
1: going to lean into that? Or? Yes, yeah. yeah.
0: I, I think the, the fermentation is, it's not like on the super warm side, but it is warmer than I tend to go when right. I'm going for clean yes, uh, yeah, styles. Yeah. So because for me, that is also one of the characteristics that separates Porter from stout is that with stout, 90% of the time, you're looking for it to be as clean as possible on the yeast profile. Yeah. You want it to be all about the roast and the, and the, the chocolatey smoothness with that sort of roasty bite and yeah. lovely, yeah, lovely, yeah, yeah. lovely. Porter's because you've got that malt, it gives a lot of room for the yeasty, fruity stuff to come yes. through. yeah, yeah. And complement things well, and that's that's sort of more what I'm going for.
1: I mean, that, yeah, that's uh, that's that's fair enough. Like, I it's it sounds like a very interesting uh, recipe to have, and because there's so much history behind it, I suppose there's a lot to draw from. Yeah, like,
0: you can pick and choose which yeah, bits and you but, want. But
1: yeah. because of the history there, there's also a large amount of variance. Yeah, so it gives you a big ballpark to play in as well. Yeah, yeah, which is quite
0: like, good. like doing a doing a hundred percent brown malt beer would be interesting uh, yeah no
1: i i am quite tempted if you are interested in this recipe it is uh available um by our partners the malt miller so if you go on to the maltmiller.co.uk uh you can find the recipe um if you just search by the mash tun all of our recipes come up and then you can actually buy the recipe and you get all the instructions that go with it so mm-hmm. if you are interested in this and it does sound like a very interesting one to do then by all means go on there and give it a look because you know they provide us with our ingredients and and they're great ab- people and it's absolutely fantastic. So yeah. yeah, give it a look, give it a brew, and then you know give us a shout. Let us know how you find it.
0: Yeah, there is one extra thing I'm doing to it, which oh. is not in the recipe.
1: Right, okay. So a little bit extra, just, yeah, you know, and people fancy it.
0: So the ingredients not included in the recipe and the instructions for how to use it aren't included in the recipe okay. either. Uh, it is something called MBS Clarity right. that I am getting. Uh, this is because this beer isn't just for me Okay. today. I am actually brewing this for someone else. Yeah. This is someone who has been a lifelong Porter fan, yep. uh, but unfortunately is gluten intolerant.
1: Right. Which
0: okay. Yeah. So sucks for certain beers, and and being a fan of beer, that's not no, it's, normally compatible. No.
1: So so this this enzyme will make it.
0: Yeah. So gluten-free? yeah. Free N N B S clarity is right. an enzyme. Yep. Uh It's predominantly used to remove chill haze. Right, okay. But a happy side effect of it is that it uh, yeah, gets rid of the gluten.
1: I wonder at what point, like, why it was initially used. I wonder if whether or not it was initially used just to get rid of chill haze and then they found out that it also happened to yeah. get rid of that. Or if they were like, we need something to chop off the gluten here, this does well, it. Oh, it also removes chill haze. I want to know which it, way around that it's, went.
0: It's possible that I can imagine it as uh, we want to eliminate chill haze. What causes chill haze? Oh, it's the gluten. Let's get rid of the gluten. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it's both. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hooray. I, that that is, is interesting. Now, my main question is, is, yes. is it vegan-friendly? Is putting it in, does that stop it from being vegan-friendly? Wh- why
0: would it not? Why, because it depends
1: where they get the enzyme from.
0: That's a good question. I haven't looked into that.
1: Because that, that's it. Like, if, if you could still have gluten-free and then and vegan and also vegan then because obviously you're unfight you're you're not finding your beer no you're using this to remove chill hairs which is very different, um but yeah I'm just wondering whether or not I mean it's something worth looking into I guess yeah
0: yeah I I I'll, I'll well, well, look that well, up yeah well get back like, to you
1: like like when we get a beer we'll have a little look at it as well yeah, like.
0: yeah. Uh, there there are some consequences with making it uh, gluten free is that the test to determine whether or not it is actually gluten-free yeah. is not only quite expensive, but takes a long time. It's it's three or four days that you have to send a yeah. sample off to a lab, get it tested, get the results I back.
1: imagine you're not doing that.
0: That seems a bit much. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a home- At a homebrew level, I mean, like I'm all up for getting my water tested every so often. But I don't know if I want to send my yeah. beer
0: off every time. <laughs> yeah, just just for one. Yeah, maybe just for one. But if you're doing it regularly, it yeah. would be like no. Uh, what I have done is I've talked to someone who uh, makes gluten-free beer on right. a commercial scale. Uh, they say that sort of legally, and they're more than happy to do it. They send that sample off every time. Right. Okay. They use MBS Clarity as well, and it always comes and it's back. Always pass. It's yeah. never failed. Um, so uh, you know,
1: you, uh, on, on the back of that, you can pretty much go. And yeah. chances are it's really like yeah, right. it's and gonna work.
0: Yeah, I I've been told the exact uh percentages to use yeah. and, and it, should fine. it should be fun. It should be fun. And uh for all oh, just for a little bit of clarity though, the, the limit for gluten free is actually twenty ppm. So right. so everything that claims to be gluten free can have up to twenty ppm of yeah. gluten in there.
1: That's parts per million. By That's the parts way. per in million. In case yeah. people are like, What's he on about PPM? Was it
0: PPM? and uh it, it, so it, i think that's just because there are trace amounts of gluten basically everywhere and you can never you can never 100 yeah. percent eliminate it
1: yeah it, i mean it's, it's the same in a lot of things like when they say oh you, you're not allowed uh this certain chemical in a certain place it's always there is a threshold because yeah, you, you never... can't you can't eliminate things entirely
0: yeah just it just doesn't work same with alcohol and bananas yeah. And but
1: the alcohol and banana, like you're not allowed any bananas floating around in your alcohol. But if you've got twenty parts per million of it, banana, that's acceptable.
0: Yes, that's yeah. the way around it is. Amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> but yeah, so um uh, I'm interested to. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to know if it does change the flavour because I haven't done a sort of test batch where I don't use the MBS and the test batch where point I do. do you-
1: put this uh, in. so
0: yes this is uh basically at the same time you pitch the yeast you add a little bit of this so i mean you that'll... could do a taste test
1: there's nothing stopping you racking some of your war into a demijohn
0: i would have to add the yeast first and then mix then, that in and yeah and then there's there's not. i've, I've no, got no, some demijohns here mate potentially i've got some demijohns nah it's, it's fine
1: Alright, oh, okay. But, the, but that way you could do a direct taste test to see if it, yeah. if it genuinely
0: changes the taste uh, of the beer. From all accounts, it doesn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it really does, but, yeah. you know, it um, would be interesting. Yeah.
0: Uh, looking into a little bit more of the technicalities of the science behind it, it's all to do with, I think, not breaking the gluten down into chunks. It's yeah. more about eliminating the parts of the gluten that interact with the human body. Right. So okay. the gluten remains largely unchanged. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, how would you taste it? No, you wouldn't. So. I mean, I
1: wouldn't imagine so.
0: Ah, uh, who knows? Who knows? Let's have a beer. Shall we? No, before we do. Oh God! Beer ye, beer ye! It's time for the beer news. Oh, he's got some beer news. What's the beer yes. news? Yes. Um, I think it's time we went and got the um, the new style klaxon from somewhere. Right. I mean, I, I, haven't, I haven't got one. No. New style. Woo. Alert. Yeah. Alert. Watch wow. out. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I've been seeing it more and more these days it is a style called rosé beer right rosé beer is that anything to
1: do with the wine yes I I mean I'm not a massive fan of rosé wine Uh, am I gonna like it
0: yes 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 give us a rundown so there's lots of interpretations of what makes a rosé beer uh, on the horizon okay but the sort of the consistent factors Pinkish in color, right? Quite high carbonation. Okay. Served cold, right? That's 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 basically. Is it a mix
1: between red wine and white wine?
0: No. Is it a mix between
1: a red ale and a pale ale? No. I'm at. Do you want to keep guessing? (laughs) No.
0: There's there's three there's three that I've seen or three different approaches to this that I've seen. Okay. One of the simplest of which is you make a beer and you age it in a rose barrel.
1: Right. No. Okay, yeah. I can see that.
0: Yeah. Potentially works.
1: Well. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get fl- flavors imparted in it, and you'll probably get color imparted in it. Yeah.
0: Uh, second one is making a beer wine hybrid, so using nice. grapes that would be used with rose, yeah, as well as malt and making a yeah beer wine hybrid. That's that's essentially it. Nice potentially. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've tried some blended beers that are sort of uh, wine and beer that have been finished and then blended, and they've been interesting and weird. That does sound so interesting. It could be interesting and yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the third is uh, apparently a lot of people uh, maintain that rose has sort of hibiscus uh, notes to it, okay. and, and and other sort of you get hints of red fruit and that. Yeah, type yeah. Of and so whilst you're not actually using grapes or anything that's touched grapes whatsoever, yeah. you flavour the beer with hibiscus and red fruits.
1: I mean, that, that sort of thing already happens.
0: Yes. Um, but it's now being brought un- into one umbrella term, all of those three, and that's rosé beer. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder which one will become the
1: the prominent way or whether or not they will eventually diverge into different uh, styles of beer and fall out of the whole... Just yeah, rosé a bit. So you
0: have grape rosé, barrel rosé, Yeah, fruit rosé.
1: Well, we'll have to keep an eye out. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, um,
1: if if anybody out there has tried any of these styles, uh, hit us up on the Twitter and let us know what you think of it. Yeah. And uh, just go on to Twitter, at Mashton. You'll find us and, and give us a shout. Let us know if it's any good.
0: Yeah, oh, I do know. Oh, do you? The Double Barrelled have done one. Oh, what? So, we'll, we'll we'll keep you posted.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you posted. But, uh, yeah, I think maybe time for a beer.
0: Yeah. So, what have got here then, Mike? First up, we've got some homebrew. Oh, homebrew. Yes. Okay, what is it? Uh, it's a porter. Handy, that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a smoked porter. Right. A little bit pokey as well at 6%. Okay. Uh, it is quite old. Right. Because this is from before... We started recording the podcast at all. Wow, that is. That's quite so, a while. I think it's about two years old. Yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. Uh, but for something that's 6%, I thought, hey.
1: that's uh, hey.
0: Uh, Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like, be you know, it, all the flavours will have smooshed into one flavour now. <laughs> that's the hope. That's the, that's that's the, the plan. Hope. Yeah. I did have uh, a few ups and downs with this one, to be honest. Right. Um, to give you some context, when I first brewed it, uh th- and and uh, finish fermentation absolutely fine i thought where's the smoke i put i put quite a bit of smoke in yeah, there yeah. And it's, it's just it's not detectable gave it 6 months there it is bam big hit smoke um so i'm really keen to try whether or not that smokes see, but, mellowed out a bit or stuck around yeah or... i mean
1: like like i mean colour colour wise it's absolutely spot on it's exactly yeah. what you would expect you know you've got that sort of like um brown-ish dark brown. shade yeah. um, as well which is quite nice on the nose, there is some smoke. It's not huge, though. No, but it is definitely detectable. It's, uh, but subtle, up- yeah. I think you could be forgiven for thinking that. are oh, maybe it's like just the roast. But no, I think like knowing it's a smoked yeah. porter definitely makes you go, yeah. No, that's that's the smoke
0: there. And uh, as we were mentioning earlier, where uh, basically traditionally all porters were smoked. It's it's such a weird thing that independently of that, the sort of smoked porter has become its own unique style, with lots of people bashing one of those out every now and yes, again. Yeah. Just uh, smoke porter this, smoke porter that, which I love. So I've just had a try. Yeah, um, it definitely doesn't taste six percent. Oh, that's good to know.
1: Like, it tastes round about sort of four percent area. Uh, the smoke is there though.
0: Yeah, that is there. Um, yeah,
1: it's quite dry as well.
0: Yeah, so this one I didn't really know much about the history back then. Yeah, um, I went for as clean as possible. Yeah, in, I mean you've, de- the, you've uh, definitely
1: got clean. Like, there's no ester profile there. Like the no. the, the main dominating
0: flavour is that sort of roasty, smoky flavour. Mm. I, m- I might have even used USO five in this. Wow, super clean, super clean, super clean. Don't know why I chose that one, but you know, I didn't. I mean, it,
1: it ferments well. I was but, still yeah. fumbling
0: around back then, yes, um, yeah, yeah. trying to work out what I wanted as well as yes, how to brew. Yeah, yeah. And uh
1: and that's a big thing with horn brewing is you you do have to decide what you want. Yes. Like you know, you you can follow all the traditions you want, but if you're not making beer you want to drink, what's the point?
0: Exactly. So so this this yeah, this was only ever bottled as well, so this is bottle conditioned. Um never had it on keg. Although now I'm drinking this now, I would, I think it might benefit from being on keg a bit, and spruce it up a bit and
1: Yeah, I mean it, I think if If it was me and I was brewing this recipe again, I'd probably want to add a bit more malt flavour, yeah, to it. I think I think it's just it's on the back end; it's lacking some body, yeah. I think, and you know, for something at that sort of percentage, you'd be wanting. I mean, you don't want to go too far because otherwise you just end up in stout territory. But you know, just something to kind of back up that smoke.
0: Yeah, because there is a sort of brown sugar sweet like it's yes. not even sweetness but there's like that that dark sugar flavor yeah but not the malt flavor
1: yes yeah i think it that. It, it that that smoky roast just needs a it just needs a, a little backing and i think uh i think just a little bit more malt character would do but i also think you know a different yeast would have done exactly this it
0: might have given you more ester profiles so yeah that might have just backed it up a little bit more but this is this is learning isn't it yeah and uh also you better enjoy it that was the last ever bottle
1: what i yeah. I, I, I will savor it
0: <laughs> good should we, should we get another beer though
1: <laughs> I, I mean I think we should to go along with this one yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay what's next
1: uh this is from meantime brewery um I think it's exclusively brewed for marks and Spencer's Cool, um, London Porter,
0: London Porter. So that's that's, it, that's that, what it's
1: that, called. <laughs> that's it's called London Porter. Using seven malts to create a historical recipe from 1750. Ooh, a Swedish caramel flavor followed by smoky maltiness. It doesn't no. really kind of say too much on the back, but I mean, I imagine if it's brewed for a supermarket, they're they're not going to go into too much gumph.
0: Yeah, right? they don't Cause they don't cause want that not, nerdy stuff. They're not waxing lyrical about their brewery, no. But so, interesting that they they've emphasised the smokiness and that it, and uh, it's a recipe from 1750. Recipe, yeah, very interesting. So
1: yeah, I mean, let's say look, like, That's I mean, a dark brown. That is yeah, it's it, it's it's dark brown. It's 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 not quite as dark as I would expect a porter to be. No, it's, it's more sort of like
0: a reddish ruby,
1: yeah, almost like kind of that sort of area. So,
0: hmm. smoky on the nose, a little. I, I mean, it, potentially less than the homebrew, so I'm I'm finding it quite hard to pick up. But yes,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it 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 looks it is fantastic. There.
0: It is there. When I when it I've, smells nice. When I first had a big old whiff of this, I got a bit of that CO2 sort of burn that you get from
1: a fresh bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah it so happens.
0: It happens. Uh, I I find it you you don't tend to get that too much with bottle conditioned stuff, but if it's been, uh, not bottle conditioned, filtered and stuff, and yes, into a yeah, bottle, yeah. sometimes if you try and sniff it a bit too early, you just get like a fizzy nose, and just like,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, that's God, not nice. Go away,
0: leave it a bit. But no, I
1: mean that, it. It smells quite. nice. It's very subtle on the nose, though. Like I'm I'm not getting I'm not getting much.
0: Not getting ye- sort of yeasty esters no. either. Um, you, but you, I'm
1: going, to go, go, uh, go. I think you go, like go and have a taste because you know there's only so much smelling can get you, and in, with this beer, it doesn't seem to be a lot. I'm not gonna lie.
0: How you feel? Hmm. Yeah, subtle smoke, but I think it's it's quite parallel to its look. Like it, it tastes like a dark ruby. Uh, it doesn't have that coffee. It doesn't have that sort of aggressive bite. Yeah, that is normally associated with stouts. It's more smooth and caramel and.
1: I I personally would struggle to call this a porter.
0: Yeah,
1: I th- like like personally, I would like if if I asked for a porter. Yeah, or and if, you got this, and I got that. I'd be like, no, no, I I meant the porter, not the not the bitter.
0: Yeah, um, not the strong bitter.
1: Yeah, because I mean, like, what what was the percentage uh, on it? Five point
0: five, something like
1: that. So yeah, like I mean, you know, it's got it should it should I don't know it should should just have a bit more. Mm. i I. I mean, this is obviously just like, you know, my personal preference, but I don't know. I think if it wasn't brewed for Marks and Spencer's and meantime were producing their own porter, Mm. I think it would be very different. Potentially. I think they're catering to a market.
0: that Like that sort of sweeter, caramelier.
1: Yeah, that like basically they want a best bitter. Yeah. Even when they ask for a pale ale or a dark beer, all they actually want is a Best Bitter. So I think yeah. what they've managed to do is just make loads of Best Bitters and stick it in various different named bottles
0: and away you go. Potentially. I mean, do the Meantime do a Best Bitter? Uh, they tend to do like hoppier stuff and... <laughs> I think we're holding it. Uh, like, I
1: think we're holding Meantime's Best um, Bitter.
0: Because yeah, I know that they also do a salted caramel porter. Yes, yeah. That is the same ABV of this. Yeah. So, yeah. essentially there's some crossover there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it's it's nice enough. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's got that malty character. It's got, like, a slight bitterness, a little bit... But, I mean, if they're saying they're using a historical recipe, perhaps, perhaps yes. we're wrong. Yeah, that's the truth. Perhaps we're that's... the ones that are incorrect here. This, maybe, this maybe might this be, is,
0: yeah, mostly brown malt or something like that. Maybe, and maybe this, this is, is, the flavor is
1: exactly of it. what uh, London Porter was like.
0: Yeah. And maybe we've just been doing it differently for too long. Potentially, I mean, I would have liked to have seen maybe a bit more estery, sort of yeasty notes. If, yeah, if that was the case, I'd have, I'd have expected but just a slightly darker malt to be used. Um, mm. You know, I don't know. It's just uh, that said, I'm drinking quite a lot of it quite quickly. So <laughs> that's,
1: that's I, good. That, that, yep, yeah, I mean that, that's that's really good. Yeah, but it's yeah.
0: smooth and it's easy, um, despite the strength. I know. In the last episode when we were doing bitters, if this had popped up. Yeah.
1: I'd have taken it as a bitter. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Well, thanks, uh, in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, cheers. Cheers. Um, Should we, we get the one? The one. Well, a, a one. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> right then, what is the one? So this is the one. Well, it's, it's one of the ones that a lot of the traditional London porters are based on. Right. And it is Fuller's London Fuller's Porter. Fuller's London Porter. So use is that their very same yeast yeah what i am using there you uh, go it is uh, according to the back uses uh pale crystal brown all of which i'm using they've got they go for chocolate malt right, rather okay. than the uh, roasted barley but otherwise very similar fuggles they've used rather than the kg as well yep fair enough um i'm i'm very pleased that they've gone into that much detail on the bottle yes, i know yeah, some yeah. breweries are a bit more cagey when it comes to that type of thing especially with heritage beers like yeah. beers that are part of their core range yeah uh, five point four percent. Let's let's give it a little little. Yeah,
1: go. I like so immediately like color wise, it's more what I'd anticipate. Like, it's not it's not black. It's it's a very very dark brown. Very like,
0: very dark brown. Yeah,
1: like you're getting a small amount of light through it. Like it's nowhere near stout yeah. level, but you,
0: you can see some hints of red in the bottom. Yes, but yeah, yeah. Look through the main body, and it is black.
1: And yeah, like that's kind of what I'd be anticipating.
0: Yeah, what about on the, the nose,
1: nose like. You're getting the you're getting the esters, you're getting that like kind of fruitiness mm. that you would expect. Yeah,
0: also some sort of almost chocolatey notes. Maybe yeah. some savory stuff going on there as well, yeah. which is weird for a smell. But uh, potentially that's more smoke, like just hints. Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah, very possible. But it the smell of it, the, it, it it's there. Yeah, like you, you're getting a lot on the nose. Um, a and- certain
0: complexity that's just. Yeah. No, I'm, in the I'm others. just going to go straight with right, tasting okay. it. Yeah, and that, that's that's what I'm hoping to achieve with the fuller's yeast is just that extra little if if I get that fermentation just right, they'll have that big big broad complexity where there's just a lot going on in every sip.
1: That it's it's good. It, <laughs> like, like, people like it for a reason.
0: Yeah. Like okay.
1: that it has got real good malt character. Um it's got that chocolatiness, and it's got it's got some real depth. Um, and you do get
0: that sort of those yeasty flavors that you want. Yeah, they're quite subtle. They're, they're more they subtle are. than I was expecting based on the smell.
1: But, but after chocolate, that, though, yeah, yeah like, like once, w- w- once it's gone from your mouth and, you, and you're just left with like you know the aftertaste, that chocolate is it's there, it's lingering. Yeah, yeah. but it's I don't know. It just it feels fuller. <laughs> and I am not being funners. I see it, what you did yeah <laughs> but it it, it, just, it feels more yeah like. despite
0: being 0.1% less yeah but it's that, actually the that, weakest of all three
1: that for me is is what I'd expect from a porter mm. you know I don't want the you know the, the big hits that Stout's gonna give you you know I want that sort of like dark like real dark ruby beer mm. but with like nice malt flavours like 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 you said, getting good esters. Mm. Um, it's
0: a bit sort of treacly as well. Yeah, on the, on the on the finish. Yeah, that combines quite well with the chocolate and and those esters. Like there are tiny hints of that sort of bananary just yeah. just creeping in, that yeah. works well with treacle. I, yeah, it's.
1: I mean, I I think uh, as as we were saying earlier, because because the history of London Port has been around for so long, it gives you a very big ballpark to work in. Mm. um you know so meantime very likely that it is it is still following a a classic porter recipe fuller's again following a a classic porter recipe and style you know but the difference between the two is quite big yeah but i think that is just because of the level of history that is around it
0: yeah because you can pick and choose yeah 17 what was it 1761 for uh, the meantime one 1750 1750 yeah whereas the fuller's one because it's their recipe it's probably changed quite a lot yes yeah Uh, tweaked and changed and improved or you know some people might say not but
1: i mean i mean they'll be doing it to match what the market demands and you know various other bits but i imagine they'll be sticking quite solidly to at least a certain like you know idea of a style yeah so yeah i mean i think that's realistically the difference um is just because there's so much area to play in yeah but i don't know the 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 fuller's london porter is more what i'd expect a porter to be like Mm -hmm.
0: uh also doing a little bit of uh washing it around my teeth type thing
1: oh yeah using it as mouthwash
0: yeah i'm actually getting a tiny bit of hop as well. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't oh. expecting that. No, no. no. As it, so with all of that... Should I try it? Yeah, I mean, you should always. You should always try it. No, uh, I, I know some people get a bit weirded out by washing beer around their teeth, but it's a good way of releasing sort of ar- aromatics mm. and giving you an idea of what the carbonation's like if you've poured it a little while ago.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. But no, no, I can, I,
0: I can see what you mean. It's just a, just a little bit of that earthy UK I mean, Well, with UK funnels, that, yeah, yeah. That,
1: that's, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that... The dankness, really, yeah, aren't
0: you? but almost like, imperceptible. Just drinking normally, yeah, so that's yeah, that's yeah. a nice touch.
1: Yeah, no, so, I mean that that is it's very good. Yeah, I like that a lot. Like, mm. but there's a reason it's one of the iconic London porters.
0: Yeah, so so we'll see. Uh, in an, a few weeks, I will have my imitation Your- of it. In in some ways, it's not. It's not quite a clone beer. Obviously, I've taken no. some directions and some historical uh choices that aren't quite what this is and um as we were talking about it's probably deviated from its own sort of historical recipes quite a lot i'd imagine so but yeah it still kept the brown it still kept the fuggles it's yeah
1: yeah no i like it
0: easily best one of the three i think
1: i would say so i mean like don't get me wrong yours was very nice but as you said, you were quite new to homebrewing at yeah. that point, so
0: you would change certain things. Yeah, um, yeah. it just hasn't got that baseline complexity. It's, yes. it's a bit more one or two dimensional, yes. Rather yeah. than um, the, the
1: meantime, one, it was a nice beer. Yeah, I just I personally wouldn't put it under a porter category, just because I don't think I've had one like that before. I've never yeah. had a, I've never had a porter where it's come out tasting much like a best bitter. Yeah, personally, but you know, is what it is. And uh, the Fuller's London Porter, it, it's it's iconic. Is yeah. what, like it's just it's just really good. Like, they've done a very good job there.
0: Cool. All right. Well, before we go, we should probably try one more little final gravity beer. Oh, if there's if there's time.
1: I mean, I'd say there is time. Let's go for it. Let's go. Right, what have we got here then, Mike? So,
0: for this week's final gravity, we are having a look back at the weird experiment of the Kvike hellas. Right. So, if you remember back to that episode, I was basically trying to create a clean, uh, sweet, but refreshing hellas with Kvike yeast. Okay. And uh, it went wrong. It went wrong. It went wrong is, okay. is the, what went wrong? Uh, short way of putting that. So I do have a temperature-controlled fermenter. Right. And I basically overestimated the heating capacity of it. Right. So, uh, And this is a uh, fermenter that's in my garage. Okay. And Kvike yeast, notoriously, is good to ferment very hot up to you know 38 degrees yep. or something like yeah, that yeah. 40 some some people go as high as yeah i set my fermenter at 39 i think okay and walked away came back the next morning and it was at 26 right oh dear i thought that's not good oh well at least it's keeping sort of stable came back later in the afternoon and it was uh 34 right something like that so it was so, going up. um well, no, that's the thing. I uh, pitched it at about 30. And so I think it so was it- just so cold at night that the heater wasn't good enough to get the temperature up high enough. Right, okay. And so yeah, I, I I checked it checked in every sort of 12 hours to see what the temperature was and it was fluctuating quite drastically like within sort of 8 to 10 degrees. Yeah, and
1: that I mean, that's, not that's not what good. you want. That's the, not yeah. good. Like yeah. the, the main part of fermentation or the the main important thing is Control temperature and just being able to keep that temperature stable whatever it happens to be just stable
0: and so uh, and there's some good work done at uh, people uh, in brewlosophy as well where they've sort of done experiments where it seems like the temperature that you ferment at is less important than the fact that the temperature is stable yeah as well yeah, so yeah. i mean that
1: yeah that, that 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 makes sense i mean obviously the colder the temperature the longer it's going to take to ferment yes uh the yeah. fa- the higher the temperature the faster it'll ferment out
0: but you just if you have a fluctuating temperature you're much more likely to get stress induced esters and, yes. and yeah. unpleasant flavors which this one did have quite a lot of right okay it's because this is an experiment and it's a yeast i've never used before it is very difficult to pin down how much of that is because of the yeast and uh, uh, just the natural qualities of the yeast and how yeah. much of that is the poor uh, care I put into it.
1: Yeah. Have you tried putting your fermentation
0: fridge in the house? Uh, it's a big fridge. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. See, see uh, what happens. If I, if I ever do a kvike again, then yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm going to have to try doing do something, something along those lines. But uh, for just for basically every single other style, it's fine in the garage.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: so, yeah. Uh, and I mean, the winter time probably doesn't help that. I don't think.
0: No. So, so one of the big problems it did get is a large amount of a sort of red apple ester, right? Uh, which could be potentially lots of different esters, um, yeah. but in certain styles, it would probably be fine. In a helles, it's not fine. It's not nice. It's, yeah,
1: it's it, it, it's not. It's
0: not what you're looking for. It's not. It's not clean and it was not refreshing either it sort of had um, I, th- I think the version we've got here uh, has also picked up an infection right from presumably between when it was kegged and when we've opened the bottle now so it so might it, have, been, so it could have been something in the bottle yeah, or something along transferring to the bottle or yeah. something um, yeah. because this is tasting quite bretty as well yeah which is possible I mean it's possible that there was a Brett infection right at the start there's there's just too many variables. It didn't go well. Um I'm keen to try it again sometime. Yep. And I'm very keen to hear of how other people's versions of the quick Kellers turned out. Well, actually,
1: you say that. Yeah. Um we had an email from our partners at Malt and they had a comment from somebody who has tried our recipe. Oh. Uh, nice. So they, so they've bought the recipe from Malt Miller and then they've actually chimed in to them. Um so it is Dave Mitchell mm-hmm. has basically sent in saying that he's tried the recipe. Uh it's a lot of fun to brew. The Kvike took off like a rocket.
0: Yeah, that that was another thing. The 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 speed was not yeah, initially. Like
1: he, he, he said it was fermented out in two to three days. Yeah. Um and he was gonna let it ferment for another week and a half. And he says he's tried some of the bottles um after they've kind of had a bit of time to settle. He said light carbonation because what he was concerned about was the yeast dropping out and there not being a lot left in mm-hmm. suspension. But to be honest, like even if you fully fine your beers, you can still, there's still enough yeast left to carbonate. Yeah. So uh, you
0: won't always be able to see the yeast, yeah, but it'll be there. like,
1: Dave, I would say, like, you know, if it's light carbonation, um, chances are the yeast is perfectly fine. It might be the amount of sugar that's put in the bottle, um, or depends how you're storing it. Various other things, but it, it will yeah. it will carb up. Um, and if you do listen to the show, um, you know, send us a message directly um, on Twitter at buythemashton or um the Mash Tun at gmail Yeah, let,
0: let us know how it and
1: yeah, let, like ended up. Yeah, let us know how it develops because we'll be really interested, especially yeah. considering. It didn't quite go the way we wanted it to this time. No, not it's for me. Nice to know that it still is going the way we wanted it to go for
0: other people. Yes, um, whose processes might be a lot tighter than mine.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> it, well, very well, might be. Or you know, it might just be that they have their fridge in their house, so it was able to maintain yeah. a more stable temperature. All right, like, all right. Well, but, I mean, the, like, like these things. These things do happen. I mean, fridges aren't designed for keeping outside. There's, no, there's a well, and if you do keep them outside. It's not much of a problem because normally you want the fridges to keep things cold yeah which is like yeah, no, yeah, yeah.
0: no one goes oh i'll put that in the hot fridge so that's that's another consequence with fridges uh, i believe i mentioned it before with some other things uh brewing in winter um is that when they're chilling things down that's good because of the negative pressure inside yeah. the fridge so it sucks the door in whereas as soon as you're heating up the fridge to hotter than the outside there's a positive pressure yeah. and that actually can frequently push the door open a little bit yeah and so if you are trying to get that like oven style like heat yeah to 40 degrees for example for a heli- for a kvike
1: you might need to just crank the door shut
0: yes put something in the way and, yeah. <laughs> and just block it like another uh, full fermenter yes <laughs> but full of water or something exactly um, so uh, uh, you're welcome to try some as yeah, well. I, mean, that, I don't uh, recommend it, but it's, um, no, I mean, it's not that bad.
1: No, uh, that, y- you can definitely smell that it's not quite right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it looks, it looks fantastic, but you can definitely just on the nose straight away, you can go, okay, this is not really what I'm going to be expecting from a uh, Hellas, no, it
0: doesn't honest. smell like a Hellas at all. all. All I'm getting is that sort of red apple, um, almost scrumpy smell and and it's it's, it's, of cherry and stuff it's
1: it's 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 there in the taste as well like i think if you can see past that it is it's clean that like the malt profiles good yeah um you know it's crisp but i don't know if that's the the crispness is being lent that by the potential off flavors yeah um so i mean these things happen yeah. No, you yeah. know, they do and especially um if you have problems during fermentation um like bottles, it's not always possible to see if you've managed to clean every single bottle exactly the way it should be, but you know, you do what you can yeah. and you make the best of it. Um so, you know, failed experiment, but that's the point of experiment. I've still learned, yeah.
0: I've learned by brewing. Exactly.
1: Hooray. Um So, yeah, like if you if you do want to try today's recipe or if you have tried any of our other recipes from the malt miller uh please do get in touch contact us on twitter at by the mash tun, or send us an email uh, and it is by the mash at gmail.com we will get back to you as best we can um, you know this isn't our full-time job but you know we do always try to make sure we get back to everybody as quickly as we can and if you've got any questions or any comments please give us a shout. If it's to do with um, equipment, we can help you out, but you're probably best off just going straight to our partners at The Malt Miller and you can find them online. Just Google The Malt Miller and mm-hmm. it's maltmiller.co.uk. You can find them on Twitter. They helped me out a lot. I know they helped Mike out a yeah. lot. They're really, really happy to help anybody when it comes to equipment, ingredients, and various different bits like that. So just give them a shout. Um, yeah. And, yeah, if you do listen to the podcast and you want to, um, like, write a review or anything like that, if you go on to Podchaser, uh, we're on there. If you just type in the search bar, "by the mash tun, you can find uh, the podcast. You can leave a review. You can give us a rating. Uh, that helps our visibility out a lot. Uh, so that would be really good if, you know, if you do like it, go on there. And give us, and you can actually even listen to the podcast there. Yeah, nice. And there's a lot of other podcasts on there as well. Oh yeah, which is really good. So and yeah,
0: lots of other ways of listening to this podcast as well, which presumably you're currently using. So yes, good on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, good on so, you. So,
1: Yeah. Um, and if you don't, if you don't want to use Podchaser, just leave us a review or uh, a rating wherever you happen to listen to it, because it's all. It always helps us out. Um, but I think that's about everything for this episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll see well I mean I'll see Mike very soon yes and you know you guys will be listening to us in about two weeks
0: yes do you know what we're brewing Uh, I don't think we've decided yet
1: got some ideas though. got some ideas ideas. yeah I don't want to share too much okay right Um, thank you very much and uh,
0: bye bye